0: At Christmas, let's consider who the baby in the manger really is. He's the Son of God, the Savior, the Creator of all. And even though the world may try to take the Christ out of Christmas, Jesus still is the reason for the season.
1: And the Word, Jesus, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory.
0: This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. During the Christmas season, it's easy to get tangled up in commercialism and secular holiday celebrations. And, each year, the true meaning of Christmas is attacked more and more as groups such as the ACLU continue their anti-God efforts to take Christ out of Christmas. This is why it's so important that we as believers recognize and honor the Creator at Christmas. Relax and enjoy the next 15 minutes as we discuss the true meaning of Christmas and give honor and glory to our Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jim Stambaugh holds a master's degree in divinity with an emphasis in Old Testament and Hebrew. He says Christmas is all about the Creator becoming our Savior. Everything that we
1: see around us was made by this God Himself, the second person of the Godhead, Jesus. And yet in verse 14 of John chapter 1, it says this, And the word Jesus was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Here, this is the verse of Christmas. Right here, John 1 verse 14. The God who set the universe in motion, humbled himself, and became a little, innocent, vulnerable human being. Toward the ultimate end of John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So that we can see in Christmas when the creator became human he came for only one purpose to die on the cross to take the penalty which i so richly deserved he took it upon himself and then when i believe on him he gives me
0: then his righteousness it's amazing to think that god became man to save mankind Philippians 2, verses 6 and 7 says, Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. That really boggles the
1: mind. As I've taught over the years and tried to really understand all of what this means, I frankly can't, how the creator of the universe would be so unassuming as to take up my limitations as a human being and we can see that he had them jesus got tired he needed sleep he needed eat and in a crowd he was touched and he felt power go out from him
0: and he said who touched me but why was christ so willing to become man and to sacrifice his life for ours ICR founder Dr. Henry Morris says it was because of God's great love for us.
2: Of course, the Bible tells us that God is love. So from the very beginning of time and before the creation, God, whose heart is one of love, I think was basically that was why he created man. He wanted someone to show his love for. 1 John says, and this was manifested, the love of God toward us and that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins.
0: And this incredible plan of salvation that we celebrate at Christmas and Easter was ordained before the foundation of the world.
2: From the very beginning, it was planned that God in His triunity, the second person of the triune Godhead, would become man. The Son of God would become the Son of Man. And would then be able to live sinlessly and therefore be able to save other men who were sinners and so he offered himself on the cross he died for our sins to take away the sin of the world it says as the lamb of God in John 129 and yet he was willing it's an amazing testimony to the grace of God and I guess we can't understand it completely but God did decide before time began to become the savior of the world by dying for our sins and he that many had to become A man had to have all the experiences of man from conception on to death. So he did come in the fullness of time. God sent forth his son made of a woman to redeem them that were under the law.
0: And Dr. Thomas Kendall of Reasons for Faith Ministries in Eagle Point, Oregon, says God promised the human race a redeemer way back in the Garden of Eden.
3: It's in Genesis when God did not have to. But he chose to make a promise that he could never break, that he would give the seed of the woman his one and only son, that he would become sin and a curse for us, that he would partake of death for the whole fallen human race. And in so doing, he set in motion events that led to the first Christmas.
0: So even though the story of Christmas is recorded in the New Testament, it really began back in Genesis.
3: When I look at Christmas, it can't help but remind me that the whole story of Christmas is based in history. And the reason for the historical fact of the coming of the Messiah and his birth that we celebrate at Christmas is because the history of Genesis, the history of creation, is a true history. Because God really did create man and woman in his image, because there really was a rebellion, because we really are related to Adam and partake of his sinful nature, we really do need a Savior. And it's the awesome facts of the history of Genesis that necessitated the coming of the Messiah and the birth of Christ at Christmas.
0: It's through prophecies that God told the nation of Israel how and where their deliverer would come. Dr. Morris says besides the book of Genesis, there are numerous prophecies recorded in the Old Testament about the coming of Messiah.
2: Of course, yes, the coming of God as man was prophesied many centuries before it was fulfilled because it was in God's heart from the beginning of time. And for example, in the seventh chapter of Isaiah, it was prophesied that a virgin would conceive and bear a son call his name Emmanuel, God with us. In the ninth chapter of Isaiah, it said, a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders. His name will be wonderful, Counselor of the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And so the virgin-born son was also to be the Mighty God.
0: Although we may read about the prophecies concerning the birth of Christ, we also sing about them. In fact, the world-renowned oratorio Handel's Messiah is prophetic scripture put to music that tells of Christ's birth, death, resurrection, and coming again. James Sunquist is a musician and producer of the Christmas CD Anthology of Sacred Carols for Classical Guitar. He says many of our Christmas carols either speak about prophecy or the fulfilling of prophecy.
4: What I was struck so much by was how many of the sacred Christmas carol texts are devoted, of course, to the Nativity, and that's, of course, representing Jesus Christ. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, according to John 1.14. But how much of these texts are devoted to actual prophecy? So as exciting as we talk about the Nativity, we should also talk about how early Christ was prophesied, how early that nativity was prophesied, and it goes clear back to Genesis.
0: And so our favorite Christmas songs may tell us more about our Savior than just his birth.
4: We take for granted, we sing a little town of Bethlehem, but that was actually prophesied. And speaking of that, that prophecy said regarding Jesus, Jesus Christ was here before the creation of the earth. Because in prophesying the nativity of Jesus' coming, it says, who's going forth are from everlasting That means he's always been here before the earth was even created.
2: Dr. Morris. In Micah 5, 2, it says, Though Bethlehem is a very small town in the province of Judah, yet out of thee would come forth he who, who would someday rule the world, but whose goings forth had been from of old, from everlasting. So that meant the eternal God, who had been in existence from everlasting, would actually be born as a human being in Bethlehem as a child.
0: James Sunquist says listening to Christmas carols should help us reflect on these prophecies and on the true meaning of Christmas.
4: My intent when I recorded my guitar works was to get away from the big choirs, though I love them, the orchestra, the horns, and to capture a little bit more of the solemnity of the occasion. And so I wanted to just have some music that would actually capture that solemnity that we sometimes lose particularly at Christmas time with the frenetic just everyone goes crazy at Christmas time with the, uh, the shopping madness people need a a month to recover and so I thought I wanted to couch it against that and have us get back to just pondering in a quiet heart what in fact really took place at the Nativity
0: We have joy in our hearts at Christmas time when we're focused on the true meaning of Christmas, but we can get discouraged when we see the world trying to take Christ out of Christmas. Dr. Morris.
2: You know, it is true that there's been a tremendous move in recent years to get God completely out of government, for example, and particularly out of activities that the whole population takes part in, like Christmas, like Easter, things like that, so they have made quite an effort and they've been pretty successful in getting Christ out of Christmas. I went to a restaurant just last Christmas, and I was greeted by the cashier with season's greetings. I told her she ought to say, Merry Christmas. And she said, yeah, I'd like to, but they won't let me. (laughs) So she'd been told that's what she had to do. Well, that seems to be very common, increasingly so
0: we shouldn't lose heart because of what we see in the world today. Rather, we should do our part to keep the true meaning of Christmas in the sight and minds of others.
2: Lately, I think because of all that, there's been kind of a reaction against it. So the ACLU isn't having their way all the time, and uh, I think that maybe the creation movement has a little to do with that because there's been such a concern about the lack of God in the schools, trying to get creation back into schools, and that is part of the whole effort, I guess, that want God in the schools and Christ in back at Christmas.
0: Even though the ACLU has been successful in many of their evil anti-God lawsuits, Christmas is still celebrated in America and all over the world.
2: It's still legal for people to go around the neighborhood singing Christmas carols if they want to, and many times they do. Some of them came to our home last Christmas, <laughs> and of course, the other aspects... Many of the stores are not going along with getting rid of their Christmas displays. They'll have nativity scenes in their windows, if nothing else.
0: And Jesus Christ is and forever will be the true meaning of Christmas, the real reason for the season.
2: And they still call it Christmas, most of them. And Christ is in Christmas, ACLU to the contrary, notwithstanding. <laughs> and I don't think they're going get, to get it out altogether. It's just too much not only a part of our faith, but also a part of our American culture. Even though there's a lot of opposition to that and our declining culture, yet still much of it there. And I think it will continue until the Lord comes, which maybe don't be too far away anyhow.
0: As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted both historically and scientifically and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien.